gentlemen from the top rope, we're here live on a Thursday morning, but you're joining us, hopefully, on a Friday evening. Brad, how are you doing today? Doing great. Hey, I was out. We're out here doing it for you guys. You know, for our fans, I was, it was 17 degrees when I was throwing discs this week. Um, and hey, that's okay. I actually, I was telling Robbie, I've never took a chunk out of a disc before with ice. So that was a, a new experience for me. But hey, it was fun. We're out here doing it. It was it was fun. It's interesting. Much respect for all of our uh, northern folks and our Scandinavian folks playing disc golf right now. Um, a lot of respect because that is not exactly the most easy thing in the world. I feel like my distance is decreased by like 40% in this type of cold. Yeah, it's I so I've put out a couple of tweets. Uh I feel like I'm becoming a real member of foundation over the X's last few days. Uh X's. yeah, I've put I've put out a few X's. Uh see that just it feels bad cuz it sounds like, you know, I had a few X's in my life and I just put them out put them out on the road. Put like that's there, yeah. that just ain't it. Um but I put out a few posts on X uh and one of them was talking about like respect all you winter golfers because I am still doing my distance reps and things like that. And my like, uh, clock or, uh, throw pitch count. There it is. Got there. Um, of trying to like throw 30 max rips every other day. Um, and so I, it was like 40 degrees and I grabbed, uh, one of my heavy dunes and I went to rip it. And I got a hold of it. Like it felt so like it was such a good toss. And then I looked down at my fingers, Brad, and literally like, I don't know what they're called, but you know how you have like the lines on your mm. fingers, uh, the digits as yeah. I've always heard them referred to, but the top four digits on all four of my fingers were dark purple after oh. it came off my hand. Oh. And it's like, I bruised every single one of them in one throw. I literally could not pick up a disc comfortably for two days uh like it hurt wow. so bad so, so I, what, what we're trying to say is if you're not bruising yeah. your fingers when you throw you don't f throw far enough i right I, apparently when it's cold but that's what i like when i did it i thought man this is crazy i gotta throw something out on x and so i did and i appreciate that most people gave feedback i expected several people to do exactly what they did and they were like so soft soft mm -hmm. I, i'm not trying to argue that i'm hard uh like yeah. it is uh i am indeed soft because y'all i live in the south i live in mm -hmm. birmingham alabama like it is warm here and yeah. And that's okay. Well, that's an advantage. That's not a disadvantage. Yeah. That's why. That's why. Well, you lots. And I feel like lots of Minnesota folks and all of the, I'm not going to throw Minnesota under the bus because that's God's land. All of the northern, northern folks are like, oh, you got to learn to deal with it. Well, I want you to come deal with trying to play in 110 degree heat with 70% humidity mm -hmm. and be like, oh, that's just a normal Saturday. That's just what we do. Uh -huh. Right. Yeah, I, I feel like Virginia's a nice mix of everything. So, uh, you know, it is cold. It'll be cold for a couple of weeks. And then before we know it, it's going to be 60 and beautiful. And that's okay. We're, we're here for that. I uh, want to say a special shout out to everybody for all the feedback from last week's episode specifically. Um, yeah. That was awesome. I'm glad everyone enjoyed it. And I'm glad we had a good discussion. And I'm glad it's helpful to see, like, walking through my bag and, like, kind of, like, the changes. Because, again, I'm not the only one doing this. And I think we're all trying to just be better and make good disc choices and 
you know, especially those of you who want to increase your ratings and compete and be competitive, just making those steady incremental changes and committing to something this year is going to be valuable. So I'm just, I'm glad. Thanks for all of the, the shout outs there and all the positive feedback and just, just glad you all liked it. You know, we're going to get back to a normal episode this week and um, bring on someone who's very special to me, a very, very good friend of mine, one of my oldest friends and best friends probably on the planet. Um, and we'll confirm with him, Robbie, but I'm pretty sure I got him in the disc golf on a random trip. He came down here and we just started throwing some disc and he kind of fell in love with it. But okay. I may be remembering that incorrectly and that could be a complete lie. But Ooh, hey, know. at least you're admitting that you know it could be a lie before diving yeah. into it. That is a step I, in the right direction. Well, I think I just like the story. I want That's it to fair. be true. So we'll 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 confirm with them. But before we do that, we're gonna have an a word from word from our awesome sponsor, BetterHelp. Is something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Regardless if you have a clinical mental health issue like depression or anxiety, or if you're just a human who lives in this world and is going through a hard time, therapy can give you tools to approach your life in a very different way. And that is why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp's mission is to make therapy more affordable and more accessible, and that is an important mission because finding a therapist can be really hard, especially when you're limited to the options that are in your area. BetterHelp is a platform that makes finding a therapist easier because it's online, it's remote, and by filling out a few questions, BetterHelp can match you to a professional therapist in as little as a few days. It's easy to sign up and get matched with a therapist. There's a link in my description. It's betterhelp.com slash foundation. Clicking that link helps support this channel, but it also gets you 10% off your first month of BetterHelp so you can connect with a therapist and see if it helps you. And because finding a therapist is a little like dating and you really, and if you don't really fit with that therapist, which is common thing with therapy, you can easily switch to a new therapist at no additional cost without stressing about insurance, who's in your network or anything like that. Um, yeah, therapy is a super great tool. We've worked with BetterHelp in the past, and this is a great resource to use if you're struggling uh, with mental health or just going through a tough time in life. I highly recommend trying this out. Therapy can be a great resource to have. Um, so if you're struggling, consider online therapy with BetterHelp. Click the link in the description or visit betterhelp.com foundation. Thanks again to BetterHelp for supporting this channel. Welcoming in to the podcast, Todd, how are you doing today, sir? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Good man. Again, I, I kind of preface the episode by saying, Todd, you're one of my best and oldest friends. So you, you come in high regard. Glad to finally have you in the podcast. You've been a listener for pretty much the entire time we've done the podcast, which is nice. And um, we did we did discuss a little off air because I, again, I preface by saying I think I got you into disc golf, but I kind of did. So it, how did you, you get into disc golf? You definitely fed the addiction. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Todd. Todd lives in West Virginia. Well, yes, you live in West Virginia currently, and um, so that's he was very close. When I I've told people in Ohio where I'm from, it was very close to West Virginia. So that's how we 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 have a long history. We won't go down that road. But Todd came down to visit in Virginia, and you you what you said you went on a, a date and played disc golf. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I did. I definitely didn't win that round either. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't think. You didn't win the relationship, and I'm very glad you didn't. That was a that was a, that was not a good good route for you. But no. glad you came down, and um, we we started throwing in the yard. I believe like uh, we have a, a field in our, at my house, and we started just like you had like what one or two. I remember your white DX beast. Now that I'm recalling, yeah. yep. that was one one you had, and you were just sadly, out there, just like yeah. sadly, I've lost that disc. Yeah. It, it's sad when you lose that like disc you really started with. I mean, I felt that way about my Raptor that I eventually got back, but 
Um, I remember you're out in the field and you have a, a pre-existing shoulder injury and you just like were cranking your shoulder like the entire time. <laughs> Pretty much. The field. Yeah. But hey, you've come a long way. Um, tell us a little bit like what, how, what's your like relationship with disc golf now? Like what are you what are you doing now? Like how often do you play? Do you play tournaments? Anything like that? I haven't played any tournaments yet. I'd like like to get into some tournaments this year um, just because I like competing. But yeah. uh, uh, when it's not five degrees outside and a lot of snow, I have my disc golf bag pretty much stays in the car all the time. So most times during spring and summer, right after work, I'm generally going and playing around before I get home. Yeah, because I was a little jealous there for a while. I think you're you're pretty much playing every day for like a really long stretch, and I was like, wow, I like work in disc golf, and I didn't play like a fourth of that amount. So, uh, you definitely have gotten the reps, and then you can tell. I mean, I I know just from the first time you came down and we talked about disc golf, and you know the uh, the time you came down, like maybe a year later, you were like exponentially better, and we actually got to play together when I came up to Ohio like one time too, and you beat me. So. You, barely uh, but i'll take it <laughs> yeah well hey a win still a win awesome. yeah. that was a dub yeah um so not to get uh too anecdotal and talk about mine and todd's relationship but disc golf wise robbie let's walk him through let's get to know him a little bit better from a data perspective yeah absolutely so uh how long ago was that trip how long you been playing todd uh that was about a year after covid hit yeah. okay yeah, so, I think it's 2021. However long thinking. that's been now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Probably getting uh, probably approaching three years. Yeah, okay. I, I would say probably about three years. Yep. Awesome. So if we put you in a field and we said, all right, Top, we're going to put a basket X amount of feet away from you. How far do you think you can reach it consistently with both a forehand and a backhand? I would say consistently somewhere between 275 and 300. Okay. For, For forehand or backhand? Both, actually. Um, I started okay. out doing forehand just because my shoulder issues. And that was the only way I could throw it without feeling like I uh, was about ready to lose my arm. <laughs> so, and then I finally, when I went down to Bradley's and we were throwing in the field, started to learn how to throw backhand. And so it's kind of worked out well for me because I've kind of been able to develop both about the same as I've progressed so far. So. Okay. And I'll probably give him a little bit more credit on his forehand. He throws his forehand a little bit more, a little bit farther than he thinks. He's being modest, but I would say you can probably reach out and touch 350 pretty often if you really wanted to. Yeah, there's just not a whole lot of courses around here that I have to reach that far out most of the time. Mm-hmm. There's there's yeah, certain so- spots. I mean, certain certain holes, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, I'm still impressive. I, people that have their game developed to both sides being comparable, always nice. Whereas I think when you end up with one where you're like, all right, I have a 200 foot forehand, but I have a 400 foot backhand or even vice versa. It's like, it gets really hard to develop those skills as like, because you're just one of them is so much stronger than the other. It's like, I would have to lean into this weakness for so long. Like if I have a really good four, I, I know personally I'm trying, I revamped my back end in 2023 and there were lots of times where I stepped up and I was like, I could, I could and should throw a backhand here because I need to work on it. 
Oh, my forehand's feeling fine. So I'm just going to check the forehand. That feels great. Uh, so, um, Todd, you, you keep mentioning a shoulder issue. Uh, I think something about like the beauty of the podcast, and we have so many people listening. What shoulder issue are you going through? Because there may be other listeners that may have a similar issue right now. And uh, what it, issues and how'd you get over it? It more or less leans on like uh, pinched nerves in my shoulder. Okay. Um, and really, some days are just better than others. Um, sometimes you get that wild throw that you throw, and it's just off, and something gets tweaked, and I'm like, and eh, that doesn't feel very good. It's, but for the most part, I, it doesn't really bother me too much anymore once I finally, like I said, figured out how to throw the disc correctly. Okay. Sick. Well, we take you, we talk about throwing the disc. We're talking about a little putting real fast. Uh, we put you on the putting green and we're like, all right, Todd, we're going to put the basket away. We're going to go 10 putts from 15 feet, 10 putts from 25, and then 10 putts from 40 feet. How many are you making at each station? I would say probably seven out of 10 for 15, uh, probably five out of 10 for 25 and on a good day, three to four out of 10 at 40, but that's where I start to really kind of have a weakness for sure. Okay. It's that kind of in between, like, should I put, should I not put? <laughs> totally. Yeah. Totally. Like the regular stroke is not enough to necessarily give it a fighting chance, but a yeah. full throw or something from that close feels completely awkward kind of a deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. Putting is definitely a very temperamental part of my game, I would say. I'm either on or I'm off. Yeah. Uh, I think if we ask people to comment, if you feel the same way, this might be our most common video uh, yeah, in terms right. of viewers I, and whatnot. So I would assume so, yeah. it's It can definitely make or break your day pretty fast. Yeah, that's, that's the truth. It's what makes me, you know, grass is always greener on the other side. As someone who putting is absolutely a strength of mine, I... Like I look at all the people who have driving would say they would say like throwing off the tee is one of their biggest strengths. And I'm like, I just feel like the people that that's your strength. It's very rarely like a weakness. Whereas like because you can be throwing, quote, bad off the tee and still get some pretty good results. If putting is off, you just don't make it. Uh, (laughs) There is no. Oh, you know, I missed it by three inches, but I still hit my line. It's like, no, I missed it by three inches and it didn't stay in the basket. Um, yeah, your, look. your area of, uh, yeah, I definitely agree with that one. Yep. You could be off 10, 15 feet off the tee and be just fine. Not yeah. so much with putting. Yeah, especially if you're playing in the woods, it's sometimes better to be off by five feet than it is to be off by like five inches because five inches, you're barely kissing a tree and then, yeah. Poof, she go. Yeah. There are definitely a lot of times where I'm like, I'm kind of glad I didn't end up where I thought I wanted to go. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, and I think I think too, I think too. Like, at least the way I feel, I feel like I'm going to gain more strokes by good putting because I'm not throwing super far. Like, I'm not making up strokes by throwing far or throwing super accurate. Now, I have to be somewhat accurate, right? But super accurate versus like if I'm like, okay, I'm at 50 feet. If I like can nail this putt, I'm gaining a stroke. All right, I'm at 35 feet, I'm gaining a stroke. So I feel like for someone at my stage of the game, and maybe yours too, Todd, and probably everybody, right? But putting is really like your opportunity to gain strokes on people. If you're talking about competitive play or 
even competing against yourself, like your your best round or whatever. Yeah. I would definitely agree, yeah, because if you can get pretty accurate from around 40, 50, it definitely opens up a lot more of your game. Yeah. And I mean, that's, I, there's a, a local guy, his name's, uh, I believe, David Dennis. Um, but uh, he he and his friends, they play a lot of doubles. And um, one of his strengths is that if he's within 70 feet, he's going to hit metal. Like, it's almost always going to draw some form of metal, whether it's the pole, the cage, the band chains, what it may not be. But the beauty of that is, is that they so rarely end up two putting or three putting because one person's going to throw his putt and it's going to be wherever it is. And then like, he's going to come up behind them and make sure that they're next to the basket, basically. So it's, it is such a, even if you miss those longer putts, making sure that it's only one extra stroke to get in is in theory the same as someone being at 20 feet, not knowing how to putt, missing the putt, and also having it happen in. It's like, yeah. yeah. Well, and not to stick on this forever, but it's something I'm realizing this year as we're doing like the Breaking Brad series. Like I've got to spend some time really figuring out my putting again because like looking at someone like uh, Clayton here who works here with us and, you know, he's very high ranked in college disc golf and, you know, if him and I play Timbrook, like our, I can pretty much get relatively close to where he's throwing. I mean, our like off the tee is not that far away, but like, you know, if he's within, if he's within 40 feet, he's making it like nine out of 10 times, if not 10 out of 10 times. And he's confident. He steps up, like, boom, drains the putt, moves on. And it's a difference between me shooting two or three under and him shooting 12 or 13 under is he's just banging all those putts. And it's like, we're not that far off. The thing that's separating us that by a huge margin is putting accuracy and confidence. I would definitely have to say that's about the same for me. Just anytime I go out, it's again, it's one of those things where maybe three out of 10 times I go out, I'm feeling pretty confident with my putting. And then the other seven is just like, and eh, I don't feel so comfortable. Yeah. Which uh, I kind of need to do the same. I, I don't really have, I need to really kind of more define a putting style and kind of stick with it. And instead of jumping around here and there and it doesn't work out very well. And there's nothing wrong with, I would say there's nothing wrong with having the jump around because then your putting toolbox is developed. So that way, since you've messed around with a bunch of different putts, if you find yourself in a weird scenario that once I agree, picking a primary putt style really helpful because it's like, this is what I do kind of a deal. Gives you a nice base there. Yeah, exactly. But then there's other moments where you're going to step up and you're going to be like, all right, cool. I decided to go with a more spinny putt, but there is a massive drop off behind the basket. All right, cool. I might want to go to more of a push style and kind of loft it up like a grandma putt and like see how it drops in, things like that. So having that toolbox developed, that's one thing uh, that I'd be curious in the comments to hear. When you guys play doubles, this is where this is where I see this come the most, and then we can move on to the bag, uh, is how often, like, do either of you, uh, like Brad or Todd, do you play doubles, like, on a regular basis, or how often would you say you get to play doubles? Not I very often. Recreationally. Yeah. Okay. So then, and then I think this will definitely be true in that case then. So as someone who didn't play doubles a lot, like I only play, I was only playing doubles like once or twice a year for an event my friends and I had certain partner groups, we would end up and would be like, all right, we're 40 feet away from the basket. How about you go ahead and give it a run 
and I'll see what yours does and then I'll adjust accordingly. And so I was like, all right, cool. So the first person would throw his putt and then he would like Jasper it straight into the cage. And he's like, oh, okay. It's right there. Sick. Go ahead. Give it a full run. Go for it. And I would be like, all right, sick. I'm running it hard. And I would go to throw it and I would change literally nothing about my putt, except in my heart, I wanted to make it more. And in that (laughs) world, I was like, oh, I'm running it. Like that's, that's what I'm doing. Uh, whereas when you develop that toolbox, you're like, okay, I got like a flick putt. I have like a little Annie flick putt. I have a thumber. I have like, I have all these different, I have a hard spin putt, things like that. Whereas now when I run it, I can end up 30, 40 feet past because it's like, I'm giving it such a solid chance to get up there depending on how far away I'm, things like that. So, Mm -hmm. uh, I think that developing that toolbox, super, super helpful. So even in those double scenarios, you're running it is actually mm-hmm. doing something different is helpful. Right. Yeah. Uh, so Todd, looking at your bag, man, I, I think that like, what kind of bag do you carry? As far as the, like, ba- um, the, Atlas. yeah, like the actual bag. Okay. You got a pioneer. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Awesome. I, I would hope so. Uh, being friends with Brad, <laughs> but I didn't want to assume anything here uh and if not i was going to be like great opportunity to plug i mean checking out the pioneer um but yeah so looking at it i i like the disc count that you have in your bag Mm -hmm. i think it is a very healthy number i mean you're sitting at what like 20 20 or Uh, 21 which definitely took a long time to get there because you always feel like i mean at first i think i had like 28 discs i'm going out there with and i'm never using half of them it's like but you're always just like, oh, if I end up in that one situation, I might need this disc. And it's like that situation never happens. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I could not agree more, sir. Uh, like it is. It's it's crazy how much we can convince ourselves into this disc works. And then I wonder how many other times not only do we convince ourselves this disc works, but we almost throw it more often just to even tell ourselves Oh, that's why it's here. Like yeah, it's definitely it. not the situation for this disc, but I'm going to go for it. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. So looking at it, if there's one thing that I noticed right off the bat, it is, and this could be indicative of like the style of courses you're playing and things like that. Um, but with 20 discs in your bag, we'll say 19 because the putting putter is in there. Uh, and so if I, it depends on if you're throwing it or not, you may be throwing it, but you, uh, of that, 13 of them are fairway drivers or faster. So very high on the top end speed here. So we ended up recommending mid-ranges. Um, but I want to talk about, let's start at the top, Brad, if that works for you, mm-hmm. and we'll work our way down. Mm-hmm. Um, the Thrasher and the Mentor seem like they could accomplish very similar things. What do they do differently for you? Um, really at the mentor, I honestly, that's almost one of those discs that kind of just has stayed in there that I don't really pull out that often. Um, cause I, I feel really comfortable with the thrasher. Um, again, going kind of back to what we were just talking about, like there's probably at least five discs in there that I just very rarely use. And I okay. Honestly, it's almost kind of in there just because it fills up space. 
Um, Mm-hmm. And just in case, like I, I do, I will say I keep a couple dislike the mentor in there that like I don't really have a whole lot of uh, care for that as much, if that makes sense. So like if I come mm-hmm. up on a hole and I'm like, eh, there's a good potential I could lose this disc, I'm going to throw that one versus the one that I'm like, I don't want to part with that disc. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. It's almost uh, like a, a filler water. I think water disc yeah. is definitely something yeah. a lot of people can relate to. It's a to. kamikaze disc. You just send it. Exactly. It if dies, I lose it, it in the water, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. If I lose some of the other ones in there like I have before, I will spend weeks until I find it. Okay. Uh, I'm excited. to. Okay. So is the Thrasher one of those that it's definitely on the like, I'm hunting for that disc regardless of what happens to it? Um, yeah, but I've, I definitely have a couple other discs in there that I'm like, I really would hate to see me not be able to play with this disc. Mm, okay. So of the drivers, uh, I, I see the grace, uh, it's a newer run of grace. Uh, I think those were like mid to late last year. Yeah. That one, I'm still kind of, I just put that in my bag towards the end of the last season. So I'm still kind of figuring it out a little bit and uh so i'm got to play with it a whole lot to really know whether or not i'm going to keep it in there or not okay and if i recall todd the thrasher is one of the first discs you really loved for forehand like yeah, i felt like you i had i had i was throwing thrashers at the time i think i had you try a few I'm pretty sure I, it's the one that you bought me when i came to virginia the first time yeah okay that makes sense yeah because that those big Z thrashers have a nice flip up and you do have like a hyzer forehand or yeah, a hyzer release forehand. So it was nice flip up, give them a little bit of turn and it still was fading for him at that time. So I don't yeah. know. Oh, it's, it's now. be, it's a pretty reliable disc. That's definitely one of my favorites. Uh, okay. Yeah. Nah, I'm here for that. And I think that in the big Z as well, I, I would be, I would be lying if I said I've like thrown thrashers in every single plastic that they're they're out there because I think the thrasher is definitely a good flagship mold for discraft. Um, so Brad is someone who threw thrashers. How does the big Z compare to like let's say like a stock ESP? So the big I didn't really throw big Z thrashers. I was always throwing Z. Like I okay. I just really like the Z because the Z had a little extra bite. My experience with Big Z is it, it has a little more flip out the gate. It does, again, I've really thrown Big Z vultures. It's really the only, and buzzes. Those are the really only Big Z I threw. It seemed like they had a little more flip out the gate to them, but they kind of stayed that way a little longer. They didn't really beat in super fast. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so yeah. speaking of vultures, uh, you've got a titanium vulture that looks like a sticker was on it for yeah. a long time uh no just one of the i don't know why manufacturers put stickers on there that don't come off easy it's really frustrating and annoying because it bugs the crap out of me and then it got yeah. dirt on there and it's like well do you really want to sit there and rub the crap out of the disc and <laughs> yeah. so that's another one that's kind of a newer one that i put in my bag there towards the last couple months of the last season um I would say it's probably about the same as the grace there. I haven't had a ton of time with it yet, uh, but so far seems to be a pretty, pretty solid disc. Okay. 
Uh, now we mentioned a, a beast that you had lost that you really loved. Uh, you've got a glow beast in there. And I think that the glow beast, such a, like, I'm not going to say a rare disc, but it's definitely one that you're not going to find in people's bags very often. So what does your beast do for you? The beast and I have a very interesting relationship because that's the very first disc I ever bought. And so that first time I went out, if nobody's ever thrown the beast before, it can definitely be kind of crazy. <laughs> um, especially when you're first starting out. So I, I honestly hated that disc for the longest time because I didn't know how to throw it. And mm. once I finally learned how to throw that thing, I freaking love it. I mean, I can use it to do a crazy flip up around a tree or I can really let loose with it and kind of get to do a nice long S curve. And it's probably one of the farthest throwing discs that I have or that I can throw. Um, okay. And in, oddly, it's specifically the glow plastic. Um, after I lost the first one that was nice and beat in, I tried a couple different versions of the beast and the glow plastic is the only one I've been able to, it's the only one I've liked. The other ones just did not have the same flight to it for whatever reason. So yeah, it took what? me a little while to find the glow plastic again. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's, it's definitely a, a less popular run of them for sure. Uh, did you try, you, you mentioned like they, had, they didn't fly the same. So are you looking for it to have like easy S movement, but it's still coming out of it or like what, what's the shot shape that you're really most often using the beast for? Well, I'd, I'd say it's, I use it for two big things. I mean, it's, it's also kind of one of those like utility disc where kind of going back to where I first started playing with that disc and throwing it wrong kind of actually helped me because I was able to get that big turn on it without it going very far. Um, but I'd say most of the time it, anymore now, it's just, I get a nice long S S curve out of it really. Okay. Um, Robbie, staying on the beast for a second, and I've had a little experience with the beast because um, both of my sons threw them for a long time, and both Blizzard and like G Star Plastic. Is the beast like a little bit more overstable, like in like a Star or Chant Plastic, than one would expect? Or what's your experience with the beast? In a Star or a Champ, for sure, uh, I would say like. Because of the flight numbers, 10, 5, minus 2, 2, you're most often going to think that this is going to be like it's if you throw it on Annie, it's going to have a lot of turn to it. And then it's still going to come back a little at the end. Um, I think where the beast surprises most people is the fact that that 10 speed, I think, is a very accurate number. Like the threshold to get the beast to fly how it's supposed to fly does require a decent amount of spin and power put into the disc just because it is a driver. Uh, and so yeah, you definitely got to have a little bit behind it to get it to fly like that. Yeah. And so people will look at like, because the beast comes in the starter set, the DX beast, I would say flies like a more, more like a nine speed or even an eight speed, depending on the arm, uh, especially after it hits a tree for the first time. 
it's going to be an eight speed uh, like that threshold is going to go down dramatically. But yeah, I would definitely say that it flies a lot more for most people, especially in premium plastics, like a 10, five minus one, two. I would in fact be shocked because Innova is pretty good about making sure the flight numbers change on their drivers. I would be shocked if the halo beasts that are out aren't actually listed as like 10, four minus one, two. I still think they're I still think they're listed as is, and that's what is making me say that, Robbie's because I have thrown the Halo mm. and there, there's some chunk to that. Like that is Yeah. Like there's that is some beef for a yeah. ten speed. But anyway, I was just curious because I mean I don't I'm sure others have tried beasts out there and had like kind of a similar experience probably to Todd where like the plastics really do have a wide range of flight in this particular mold. So I Yeah, definitely because that, that the globe plastic is definitely a little on that one at least it's a little little more stiff which i kind of like because i can get i can really kind of whip the disc around and it i kind of sometimes i like that a little bit harder plastic like that yeah yeah i innova especially i would say if you go to the flat like the older companies innova and discraft because certain molds have been around for so long there is just I, I find you can find a buzz that has any flight you're looking for. You can find a beast of Valkyrie. Um, you can find a destroyer. Uh, like I think I, I'm not trying to steal the swanky guy's thunder, uh, but I know a story they love about the destroyer is that they were playing with a guy for his first time. He was like pretty new. Um, and so they were playing with him for the first time and they, he, they like, he borrowed one of their discs and they were like, Oh, how does it fly? And they were like, Oh, like a more beat in destroyer. And he goes, Oh, so it's a roller disc. <laughs> and they were, they looked at him like, Are, no, not at all. Like it's a beat. It's going to easy. Hydro flip is still going to fade. And he was like, no, man, a destroyer flips. Why? I got one in my back and he pulls out and it was a DX destroyer that had been chewed up and mangled by a dog. <laughs> Mm-hmm. and like that's his mindset of what a destroyer does and so all right cool so yeah i think that in todd your case like the beast is this glow beast that's how it flies that's what i expect out of it and then yep. you go grab a, a champion beast and you're like totally different yeah totally different because i tried to branch out and try the other molds when i lost that first one and I was like, man, I just, it is just not the same. This sucks. <laughs> and then I finally end up just finding the glow plastic again. I'm like, okay, it's the glow plastic. Yeah. I hear that. Okay. Sick. All right. We got, we got caught up on the beats for a little bit. So we're going to, we're going to fly through the middle part right there. Uh, Raptor. I can assume what the Raptor does uh, in terms of like just really overstable forehand, reliable disc. It's moving left on a backhand, right on a forehand. Pretty consistently. The intriguing part to me is you've got this like nine speed war going on. (laughs) Uh, Now, the retro saint is the one that I'm immediately looking at going. I feel like it probably doesn't fly like the other two just because I know retro is a base plastic. Is it flippier than the other two? That one flies pretty straight for okay. whatever reason, the way I throw And 
believe it or not, I actually really like the retro plastic. Um, it's kind of got that harder plastic feel to it. And for whatever reason, it just it feels good in my hand and the release feels really good on those. I Am I crazy in thinking that like that beast and that saint probably feel somewhat similar? Or is the, is the glow beast, is it still pretty slick like premium plastic? Um, I would say those two probably feel kind of similar. Um, it definitely almost kind of has like a inherent grip to it in a sense, I guess. If that, okay. it's not slick by any means. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, it's like so often people will mix in glow with like other plastics. They'll be like, this is champion glow or this is star glow, things like that. And so it's pretty rare to find like just the glow polymer. I don't know if that's the right word. I'm not trying to sound smart people. Uh, so, uh, but there's some glow component that when it's just straight glow. Yeah, that's fascinating. Okay. So undertaker and the Tesla, is there a difference between the two or is one new to the bag? What's the, what's the vibe there? Um, it's kind of one of those ones too, where the Tesla gets used a lot less. Um, and it was newer to my bag before the other, um, and it was kind of, it's another one of those ones that's kind of in there, but it doesn't necessarily have to be in there per se. Um, I've definitely got okay. a handful of discs like that for sure. Yeah. And that's, that's totally fine. So shifting down, you've got the T-Bird three, the Athena and the Explorer. What's kind of the difference between those? Uh, the Athena is another one that I added in there towards the end of last year. Um, the Explorer is just another one where it's just a nice, uh, pretty straight flying disc, which is also another one that like, if I lost the Explorer, I'm not really going to be all that upset about. Um, however, the T-Bird three, that is one, the probably the one disc in my bag that I would go through hell and back to find again, which I have before. Um, it was one of my first discs. I've gotten two hole in ones with that disc. And I don't okay. know what it is about that thing, but it just feels good. I know how, I mean, and it's definitely beat in for sure, but still flies super consistent. I just, I have a lot of control with that one. I, I would say you talked about like, it's cold right now when the snow and all that clears, that is of looking at your bag, the disc, I would be most afraid to throw in colder temperatures is that T-Bird three. <laughs> yeah. I, the, it doesn't get thrown around water normally or anything, <laughs> anything like that. Just cause again, I, I lost it at a, uh, took my dad out disc golfing for the first time, which was interesting. And it was one of the last ones I was just thrown at a practice hole and it slipped out of my hand and went right into the woods. And I'd say total, I spent every bit of 10 hours until I finally found it wedged in between two logs there and just so happened to catch a like glare off of it one day. I was like, Oh, I was so mad when I lost that thing, but yeah, glad to, glad to have it back. Finally. Yeah, I if you go and watch uh, on Foundation's main channel, uh, 
it was Trevor versus the editors and Connor pulls out this champion Panther and he's looking at it and he's like, here you go. I'm going to throw it. And he throws it on a specific hole. I'm not going to like spoil it or anything. Uh, what hole it is so you can tune in, but it explodes like it hits a tree and literally the disc just explodes. (laughs) Uh, and I say that because that plastic is, that is what your T-Bird three is in. So, uh, Innova, Older end of a champion, an older end of a CT, which is what champion was before it was champion. Like it is just known for that. Of it gets cold and it touches a tree and it just explodes. Definitely glad to know that because that would be very devastating. I'm not even going to lie. To see that thing blow up in front of me would be really heart wrenching. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I say don't throw it in the cold. Like even if you're like, oh, there's not water, but I'm just playing in the woods. Nope. Uh, do not throw that disc. A great disc to lean into would be the rhythm. If you're throwing in the woods, which you have in your bag, uh, is the rhythm newer in the bag towards the end of the season as well? Uh, about midway through last season. And I really, really fell in love with that disc. Cause that's one that I can throw backhand and get a natural curve to the right. Okay. Um, so it's almost like throwing a forehand in a sense, but I don't have to throw it forehand. I can get it to do the exact same thing. Yeah, no, I, that that's, I, and I think as a, a music guy, uh, for those of you yeah. who are listening to the audio version, uh, you won't get to see the awesome background that Todd has behind him of some guitars and his drum kit and things like that. So, uh, it, yeah, it was a very fitting disc. For sure, yeah. which was really Thematic. the reason why I bought it to begin with, because I was like, "Oh, it's got a drummer on it. I'll do that." And then turns yeah. out <laughs> That's I <me>. liked it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, as uh, as also a drummer, I really wanted to like the rhythm, and I just didn't. It just was not. It was not for me, and I was very sad. Very sad. I mean, it's no stink. I'll just say that. But yeah, it, no stink. Uh, okay, so we're gonna jump mid ranges real fast. We're gonna talk putters. We'll zoom through the putters because you only, thankfully, you only have three putters in the back. Uh, so that's, Which was, that's that's been a hard one to get down because I like throwing putters too a lot. Mm, um, okay, so what did the three putters do for you? Um, so the uh, the Nomad is probably the one I'm the most comfortable with. Um, really like that one. It's I don't normally throw that one. I mean, I can throw that one and get a good throw on it, but it's, it's normally my main putter. Um, all the orange one, the echo, that's a newer ad as well as my other putter. Uh, Bradley got me onto the other main putter I'm using. It's a lot heavier than the nomad. So I'm still so new Kristen, pure, that Kristen pure. Okay. Uh, the orbit Kristen pure. Which just saying as a fan of wolves and that kind of stuff, what an awesome line of discs. They are all pretty sweet looking. Yeah. Kristen's um, stamp design is killing it. Yeah. But I that one I'm starting to lean towards a little bit more that I get used to it. because uh, I do like that kind of like heavy disc sometimes for putting. Um, yeah, he was a judge guy before. Okay. Correct. You threw a judge a lot. Yeah. And that- then you kind of found the nomad. Yeah, because I I found an old um oh an old judge from one of the oh, play again sports, and it was the real flexible plastic. 
I'm trying to, I don't even, can't even remember which one it was now, but, um, and that was just kind of one I leaned on at first. And I've definitely made a lot of jumps around in putters. And those two are kind of the ones I've kind of started leaning towards more, but the nomad uh, definitely is one of my, one of my go-tos. Are you throwing any of those off the tee, Todd? Or are you just really trying to figure out which one you like for putting? Um, mostly just putting, um, especially, you know, considering that's definitely the area of my game that I would say definitely could use the most work just in consistency. Mm-hmm. So I've been really trying to make sure I'm not throwing those off the tee and beating the crap out of them. Mm-hmm. But the Nomad, I feel pretty comfortable. There's a couple downhill holes uh, on a course here locally I play on that I'll use one of my putters thrown off the tee there a lot. And then you have you have the zone all the way over there. I mean, that's your approach disc, your forehand approach disc, or are you throwing a backhand? What are you doing with that? Uh, those are normally forehand. I, the zone and the buzz are the t- those two are just. I mean, it's hard to beat those two disc, and I, especially the buzz. I mean, I can really get the buzz. If, out there pretty far if i want to mm-hmm. and, the, and yours is the buzz ss specifically so yeah do you, do you get do you get some hyzer flip to flat with that or does it turn for you at all or is it pretty straight um it has a little bit of turn towards the end on it um which is really kind of the difference i have with the zone and the buzz is just one for me turns a little bit more a little sharper than the other um yeah but man, the buzz just feel that buzz SS feels good coming in your hand, coming out, and just a pretty comfortable disc overall. Awesome, yeah. And speaking of the buzz, Robbie, we're obviously we preface the episode by saying we're talking about mid ranges today, which I'm really interested. It's really interesting, just some of your feedback on the discs that you like and some of the feel that you like, Todd, on the discs that we I threw today. Um, Robbie recommended after seeing your bag that I throw a couple overstable mid ranges. So um, have the pyro here, uh, prism pyro, and then I actually have a exo hard method. Mm. So that will be an interesting. And I'm sorry, Robbie, I cut you off for a second. Oh no, you're good. I I was just before I because I was trying to get there as well. Uh, the one disc that I'm most curious about is the claymore. Um, which is the like really colorful wolf disc you have, uh, that claymore, how does it fly for you? Because based on the flight numbers, I've always heard it that like, and by always heard, I've seen firsthand that is not usually a good representation of how it actually flies. That was pretty straight flying disc for me. Um, depending on how I throw it, it can have a little bit of a turn to it at the end, but I, that one I've really fallen in love with, and actually, I think the second time out with it, ended up getting a hole in one with that one. Come on! So it's kind of hard to take that one out of the out of the oh, bag, for especially sure. for now. But yeah, no, it's another really, really comfortable, stable disc. Okay, so not as much turn as let's say the Buzz SS is going to have, but still straight ish. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sick. Well, then, yeah, I think these are going to be these are going to be nice alternatives. In theory, I'm thinking between the zone all the way over to um, further flying zones would be my like my thought and dream. Uh, But Brad, so 
You took both of these out. Have you thrown either of these before? Uh, thrown the pyro before. It's been a while since I threw the pyro. And then I've never... Maybe I've thrown the method too. I might have thrown both of these. Okay. But I don't... I mean, I recall the pyro, but not really the method. So hand feel wise, how do they feel? So hand feel wise, I mean, the pyro just feels incredible in the hand. Even though it has like that micro bead. It's actually not even a micro bead. Maybe it maybe. It has like almost a micro bead on the bottom. This feels pretty comfortable. Uh the method does have a micro bead on the bottom. And obviously I was throwing in seventeen degree weather this this morning when I was throwing these. And um the method was a lot easier to keep in my hand. It does have some grip to it. Obviously it's like so hard, so it is a little bit more firm um versus the pyro. But they both feel I mean they both feel pretty good for their own their own I guess particular reasons why they are supposed to be the way that they are. Mm. Okay. So you took them out. Uh, I think the pyro, the pyro, some people have to readjust their understanding of the pyro because the pyro was popular amongst gyronauts uh, early on. And Todd, you have some gyro in your bag. So this is not going to be like, strange unfamiliar territory which is nice um because if this was going to be your first gyro disc i would never have suggested putting the pyro <laughs> in as at all uh because i think people look at how simon throws a pyro and they're like oh it's just like it's just like a little beefier buzz nope. interesting i don't think that's true at all but uh <laughs> That's that's what people try to claim uh, is that it like super because they watch Simon throw it. So, uh, Brad, how did it fly for you? Yeah, it's kind of it's actually it's kind of a testament for how far like I've come because when I threw it the first time, it was like complete beef. I couldn't even handle it. It would barely, you know, it was just dumping <coughs> out of my hand. Um, it was definitely it's definitely one of those discs that you because I'm throwing on baby hyzer, so it like kind of holds that. It's like as the disc, it holds that hyzer line the whole time, but as the disc slows down, it like really, really dot like dumps at the end. Mm. But it's like if you throw it hard, it will actually have a slow pan until the end of the flight. Then it has the dump. Um, or if you give it like a really aggressive hyzer angle, it will just have that huge like dumping hyzer line. But if you and I threw them on some Annie and stuff too, and like if you really like. You can really, it is flexible as far as like the shots you can throw with it. It's not just like a, hey, this is just like a beefcake disc. I just need to like throw something has to get hard left. You can actually like manipulate it a little bit more than I remember to get it where it's going. Um, but it does, I mean, it does have a considerable amount of fade to it, as you would expect. Um, it's definitely not like a flip up straight with a little bit of like a beefier buzz. It's not that, at least not for me. Um the and i guess as far as the method is concerned very similar i mean i threw these discs i mean pretty pretty similar i mean there wasn't a whole lot of difference i will say that the um the method maybe had a little bit more beef to it which kind of surprised me but i think that's nice because i know like in this plastic it is going to beat in a little bit so you're going to have like a it'll still be beefy even after you beat it in and even if i was giving it any line the pirates seemed to want to take the ante line a little bit more than the than the method at times but i do feel like and maybe this makes sense maybe it doesn't but i do feel like the 
method was more consistent even when my throws were less consistent i do mm. feel like the pyro with the gyro like rim i really had to make sure i had the appropriate amount of spin on it or it was like not the same flight every mm. time so like there's less margin for error with the pyro okay yeah that I, that makes sense uh so looking at this bag and i think the plastic type could have a real influence on this right um yeah what what are you thinking could better suit Todd? So just from a couple things that Todd said, number one, you're talking about you, <clears throat> excuse me, you tend to really like like grippier base plastic. So out the gate, I'm like method seems like the, the winner here. Um, I know you like uh, to throw a lot of forehands. And again, we don't, I, we don't ever like to recommend a disc. It's just like a one shot kind of disc. Um, I feel like the method when I was throwing forehands, I was definitely throwing the method better on forehand. It just has a little more depth to it. So you really feel like you can get like the meat of your hands on it, at least for me. Mm. Um, I know you have larger hands, Todd. So I think that would be even like more prevalent. I'm feeling them again just to make sure. But yes, that's there's some more room there. Um, I also think the battle you're having, and it, this reminds me a lot of my bag, like the battle you're having in your fairway and driver categories is because you're really not seeing a ton of difference in a lot of them because they're like higher speeds and things, but where you really start to see the difference, um, small incremental differences in discs, at least I started to were in my putters and my mid ranges when I really started working on those. And I think you need like, um, you're going to find probably you're going to throw these, your mid ranges as far, if not farther than some of your drivers. And you're going to be able to, like, they're going to be a little bit more reliable and predictable for you versus like, oh, I, you know, I, I slightly missed through my vulture or my undertaker, you know, and there's a huge difference. Whereas like your mid ranges, you're going to be able to start like building that portion of your bag and then start taking those principles upward into your like fairway drivers, which is kind of the route that I took. So, and I know, and I've played, I played one of those courses with you. There are a lot of, a I think we play what veterans park Todd. Yeah. Yep. And, um, that course, there's a lot of like, it, it's a, it's a nice course, but there's a lot of like, all right, this hole is right to left. This hole is left to right. This hole is left. Yeah. To right. You get this a hole lot is right to left. You get a lot of that at that course for yeah. sure. So, but I, I think this will probably give you an opportunity to feel like, and I felt this with a Bobcat a long time ago, and I'm really feeling it with a Quake now. I'm really liking the Quake because you, with a mid-range, I know I can match the speed of that disc, and you're really feeling like, okay, I have a really overstay, I have an overstable disc, but I can really manipulate it to throw a bunch of different shots, and I can really lean into it. And maybe I need to go straight a lot farther and then have a lot of fade. And like I think this is going to probably give you some opportunity to start messing around with that which I think is going to be very helpful. And like, I know a lot of times with wood shots where it's like, okay, that's kind of a tunnel and, but it really needs to get left at the end. It's really nice to have that overstable distance, maybe beating a little bit that you can rely on it to go straight and you can throw it farther, but really have that beef at the end to get to the hole and give yourself like scoring opportunity. And that's what yeah. I'm going to recommend the method because of that. I think Robbie is where I'm kind of leaning. If you agree. Yeah, um, no, I, I'm with you. I I think that like as soon as you said XL hard, I was like, this disc is gonna have to fly pretty horrifically. 
for uh, mm-hmm. it not to be the winner here in this situation. So, yeah. uh, Todd, have you ever thrown the method before? I have not. No. Okay. We were, we were also, when I texted Brad about it, I was like, how about like a little relevant decision? Because we've got Eagle, uh, McMahon just left Dismania to go to MVP. Uh, and then Gannon just joined from Prodigy to Dismania. And in one of his most recent videos, being on the team, Gannon was like, the method might be the most underrated disc in the Dismania lineup. Uh, mm-hmm. So, there you go. You're you're jumping in on the trend the week of it. So you're going to be one of the front runners getting Sounds to be good. there with a method. So trendsetter, not a follower uh, exactly. here. So yeah, Todd, it definitely, uh, be, definitely be nice to have that disc that, again, with some of those like drivers, I can get it to go out, but just the bounce and everything you get when it fades left. It's like, oh, it was a great shot if it would have stuck. And instead, now it just glanced out to the left about 20 feet into the woods. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's when Connor was doing the break 86 series. That's where it was like, we need to find you a disc that goes straight and then sits. Uh, yeah. Because if you're throwing distance drivers to try to throw these lines, like you're going to end up in the woods all the time. Yep. So. It's going to skip and hit and go somewhere that you don't want it to. Absolutely. Yep. 20, thir- 20 or 30 feet left or right gets real tough in the woods. So, <laughs> yep. Uh, Todd, we appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, thanks yep, for being thanks part for- of it. And uh, we'll get you this method in the mail and hopefully have you on for a future episode so we can uh, hear how it flies. Definitely sounds good. Thanks for having me on. All right. We did it. Another one. Another one. I'll send another one. Yeah. No, always fun to bring on people that are uh friends and friends outside of the disc golf world especially getting to hear the story of all of a lot of it feels like he's been playing for a few years but until the end of last year very consistent and like this is what's in the bag and this is what i'm throwing like not so deep into the sport to be shifting the bag around all the time Mm -hmm. it's it's kind of a a fun challenge slash moment to see that like okay Mm -hmm he just learned some discs. Yeah. No, I think it's great. And I, I envy that a little bit because I'm like, I think there's just like some, like he was talking to us off air and he's like, you know, some days when I go out and play and I get a couple holes in and it's not my day, I'm like, eh, I'm done. I'm going home. Or he's like, I'll may, I maybe I'll go practice putting a little bit or I'll just go home. And I'm like, I'm just too stubborn for that. I'm, <laughs> it's probably a pride thing. I'm like, I got to finish and I'm just going to torture myself for like 16 more holes. Yeah. even though I'm having a terrible day. So there's a beauty to the simplicity of the disc golf that Todd and I think a lot of other people have. And I, I'm a little jealous of it. I just, I, I'm a gearhead. I just go too deep into it. I, but you saw it. Todd is too, and he is getting there. And he's, I think this mid-range thing is going to open up a whole nother, like thought process for him. Yeah. And when he, when he gets further into it and he's driving and all diving in all those mid ranges and things like that, he's going to need a place to store the ones that aren't landing there, mm-hmm. which is a great time to talk about the sponsor of what's new in the warehouse, which is Heiser Disc Racks. Heiser Disc Racks, uh, your premium storage solution of how to store your discs. Y'all, these are, it's a beautiful piece of furniture. Uh, they come in a modular unit that holds so many discs. Yeah, uh, way more I than know, you think. Like we, We've got another set of racks on its way to our house right now, uh, thanks to Foundation and Hydro Dish Racks. And uh, my wife is just like, 
licking her chops, ready to see some of the boxes that I've got stored up. She's like, mm-hmm. oh, and that second set of racks shows up. There's no way all these don't fit on that rack uh, because there was, I eliminated like three different boxes of stuff just sitting there based on getting my first set of Heiser racks and there's not discs on the floor anymore, things like that. So um, really, really appreciate it. Another cool feature that we don't talk about as often that they are selling as a new product is the topper mm-hmm. for them. That Y'all, was a game changer for me. Like, It's insane. It's so I, cool. I like trinkets and I can put all my trinkets on top. And like I, cool things people have made me minis. I've not won any trophies. If you've won some trophies, you can put them on top of there. That's that is what I. So we are down our basement. When we bought the house, our basement is what basically my wife and I both looked at, and she was like, "It's our library." Because catch this, Brad. The people that owned the house before us, the wife was a librarian, and the husband was a pastor. Disc golfer. Oh, okay, close. So Look. when we bought the house six years ago, mm-hmm. I wasn't a full-time professional right, disc golfer right. either. So, yeah. uh, so like we bought the house from us in like 25 years. That's fine. Um, That's and great. for his like 40th birthday, his wife, uh, or for her 40th birthday, uh, he bought her like built-in bookshelves downstairs. That's awesome. And so the whole basement is like these really beautiful bookshelves. And I have overtaken basically the whole basement. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, so it just doesn't look that great. So all my trophies were all my philosophy textbooks were sitting on a shelf and I was like, well, this is one of the few shelves that I just had stuff on. So I just kept throwing trophies on there and now it's all moved over to the Heiser Disrack. So, uh, really, really beautiful. We are so grateful for that sponsor and y'all, if you haven't checked it out, once again, they're modular. So there's no, like you can start with one, See mm-hmm. if you like it. See if you love it. Store accordingly. And then when you decide to go for more, they just stack. And it's so beautiful. Yeah. And listen, they're you know, they're an Illinois company. It's just Shannon. One dude. He's a disc golfer. And again, talking to him, he just loves disc golf. He wanted to just do something good for disc golf. And he really did. I mean, in my opinion, I've tried several other storage solutions. This is the best one, hands down. Again, it is an investment. I understand that. Um, that's why it's beautiful. That's modular. Another thing that's not talked about a lot too, Robbie is like, number one, you can customize everything however you want. I have a foundation one. I have a, in the bag one, Robbie's have the Robbie C logo on them. And also they have like these little like hooks or whatever dowels that come out where you can yeah. hang like towels and hats on. They have little, um, separators inside of the rack that you can separate your collection into manufacturers or a special, whatever. And then they have clips that hang on the end of them so you can even hang your bag on them. Yeah. it's He's really thought of everything. And again, everything's made in the U.S. It's just Shannon. He did it. And Shannon was generous enough to give us a, a coupon code. So just in the bag, all lowercase, it's info's in the description. But go there and get 10% off your entire order today. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you, Hazard Distracts. You're incredible. And I hope you all check them out. Give them a chance. Yeah. So when they check them out, though, they got to they're going to need to fill them. So yeah. Brad, in the warehouse. Yeah. So, okay. We have some stuff guys. It's, it's becoming that time of the year. I'm getting hit up with, by all the manufacturers on a lot of cool stuff. Um, I do want to shout out really quick, our subscription box. They're sold out right now. Um, 
things happen. People will like their subscriptions, like don't renew or people have to cancel for one reason or another. Um, so that number is always fluctuating. Typically it's sold out, but you may at the end of the month, like the last couple of days, if you really want to uh, treat yourself, that's a, a great way to do so. You might be able to snag one at the end of the month, the last couple of days. This month's um, box is the Connor box. So, I mean, yeah, spoilers out. And you don't get, typically, it's not ever promised, you do, but we try to do something like a special disc. But not only are they special discs, they are three, all three are custom this month. And one of them, shout out Gateway, because I contacted Gateway and they worked with me to blend the exact plastic, the exact collar of Connor's famous shaman. So infamous shaman. In, oh, inf yeah, infamous. Let's just let's just. It will always it be remembered. Okay, I, I got to give the people that are watching on video a cheat. I see one sitting right over here. You you uh, tell them we got some uh, trash panda stuff coming up too. Let me grab this, Robbie. Yeah, so trash panda. We got ice uh, intercourse, which as someone who has gotten to feel. Uh, when you think ice plastic, traditionally you're going to go to like a trilogy or something like that for ice, but trash Panda new intercores are, they're a clear intercore and this clear plastic is so nice. It is, it has like a good amount of grip to it, but you still get that classic intercore flight out of it. I cannot wait for standard weight dunes to come in the ice. Yeah. So we have, yeah, we have the ice. Intercourse, we did restock dunes. We have Blurple and the salmon, fresh caught salmon, which we haven't had before. And we restocked some minis as well, as well as the premium intercourse. So all of that is being restocked and will be available to you now. All right, here's the first look. I've not shared this with anybody. The guys have not shared this with anybody. Here's the first Ooh. look. Are we ready? Look at that. It's so good, dude. Look at that. I mean, is that my brother? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but I, I've, I've thrown it. It's in the bag. Like you probably see if you look at my in the bag on Discard PM. I just have an orange shaman because I didn't want to put it. I didn't want to put the picture yet. I didn't want to spoil it for everybody. But I'll be adding that. So yeah, subscription box. Make sure you check it out next month. The next two months are uh, February and March are going to be all custom discs as well. So we're just like hammering it. We're just coming out the gate hot. Um, also. We've had all the announcements. Robbie alluded to it this week. We have pre-orders up for the Eagle McMahon Prism um, Envy, which I yep. am so excited about that disc. That is just like my dream right there. It has a beautiful bird on it, which we know that I love. So excited about that. We do have a, a handful of those left, so make sure you check out those. Also, the Pixel in both Electron Soft, Electron Firm, and the Special Edition Pixel. There's pre-orders up for all of those. So Come make on. Sure you check those out. Um, we're, we're also just adding a few odd and in discs up as well, uh, that we're, we're doing all of our inventory count. It's been like a crazy couple of weeks, but we found some like cool molds that weren't necessarily in inventory or we had them set aside. I mean, there's some Kristen, uh, Tatar Grand Slam Explorers that never Ooh. went up. So those are going to be going up. So again, recently restocked is always your best friend. Again, help the guys out. Tour Life and Grip Locked are in, in competition right now to see who can sell the most merch because they're both like our our merch is the best no our, our merch is the best so if you're a fan of one of those shows make sure you look over there's hats there's shirts there's sweatshirts um make sure that you check all those out too i think griplock's winning right now and brody is not very happy about it so 
Ooh, big push coming tonight. Yeah. Maybe if you're tour life people, just saying, you know, help your boy out. So, but hey, if you you get one of those uh, hoodies and you're like, you're like, man, it's cold season, but it's spring. And man, I need to like wear this in the morning, my morning round. And then like, you know, I get the whole nine. I'm like a little warm and you take it off. Well, hey, it's not only discs that are good. If your sweatshirt's good and you wear it and you want to keep it with you, you keep it in the bag too. Ooh. We'll see you all. What a love. (laughs) I know. I know. I, I went there. I went there. We'll see you all next week.